the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program on this very important Friday, January 20th. It would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, but fortunately, Roe is no more. And many babies, thousands of babies across America, are alive and breathing today as a result of President Donald John Trump. Hello, everybody. We've got a great show lined up for you. As a matter of fact, uh, there are tens of thousands of people in Washington, D.C. for the annual March for Life, and we're going to be checking in with our friend Ryan Helfenbein from Liberty University, a number of Liberty University students among those marching. Uh, And, of course, uh, we are a proud partner with Liberty University. Also, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko is going to be here, and our friend Governor Scott Walker, the uh, current president of Young America's Foundation. And, of course, we're going to be taking your calls as well. Um, You know, it's interesting uh, about this march, and there are people from all walks of life who are gathered in Washington today. And it is a beautiful thing to see so many people, and especially so many young people who who are standing up and defending life. And I truly believe that had it not been for the young people of America, these young Catholic kids, by and large young Catholic kids, uh, had it not been for those kids, I don't think Roe v. Wade would have been overturned. But they they would come out faithfully year after year after year, sometime marching in sub-zero temperatures, taking a stand. And for many years, uh, Fox News would send me out to uh, cover the big march, and I always looked for my people, the Baptists, but the Baptists, eh, they didn't really go to those kinds of things. And I thought to myself, imagine imagine what kind of change could happen in America if, the, if just the Catholics and the Baptists joined forces and stood up for I know there are a lot of theological differences. I get that, and this is not about theology. This is about those shared beliefs that we have, and the fact that back in the day, Catholics and Baptists, we stood alongside each other, and we we fought the British, we we beat back the British, and we won our freedom. And imagine what we could do if we stood together, people of faith, if we stood together and fought back against this evil tyranny. Anyway. 
the fight goes on. Uh, there are hundreds of churches and pro-life clinics that have come under attack in recent days. The Democrats on Capitol Hill literally refuse, refuse to condemn these attacks. In other words, they support the attacks. They they believe the attacks on the abortion clinics, they believe the attacks on the pro-life centers are in fact justified. Now, Tony Dungy, is a, I'm a big fan of his, and we've met several times. We've shared the stage together as uh, speakers, and he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He once as a, as a player and the other as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He is also a devout, born-again Christian. Uh, this man loves our Lord, and he is not ashamed. And he is also pro-life. And so earlier uh, today, he announced that he would be one of those people. He and his wife would be marching alongside thousands of other people in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And now he is coming under fierce attack. This is just insane the amount of hate and vitriol that Tony Dungy is facing. A number of sports journalists and other people have been labeling him a right-wing extremist because he attended the March for Life. Tony Dungy says that the only reason he's going is to support those unborn babies who don't have a voice. I say good for you, Coach. Good for you, Coach. David Zirin is the sports editor for The Nation. He says, I'm done with Tony Dungy and the way the NFL and NBC coddle his right-wing extremism. Mm. Zirin went on to say, he said publicly and proudly that he would not want gay football player Michael Sam on his team. He said over a decade ago that he disagreed with the lifestyle of, wow, so we've already gone from, we've just gone from pro-life to anti-gay or it, unbelievable in just a matter of sentences. And so he goes on and says that uh, Dungy is anti-gay, he's a bigot, and uh, that uh, Dungy doesn't deserve to have a spot in the public marketplace. This is a staggering indictment of the politics of the NFL, and the network's partners allow the kind that they condemn. When someone like, gee, I don't know, Colin Kaepernick steps up and kneels down to end police violence and racial inequity, he becomes a pariah. Meanwhile, Dungy is held up as a deeply religious, because he's a deeply religious man, you moron. Stop interrupting me. Dungy is held up as a deeply religious man and nearly a patron saint of the league. Dungy has used his devoutness as a cover for his anti-gay rhetoric. Hmm. Are you finished now? Yes. All right. Well, let's let's break this down here for a minute. Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee to spit in the faces of our military. That's what he was doing. Now you can you can call it whatever you want to call it, but he was disrespecting America. Tony Dungy is literally standing up for unborn babies. I think that is indeed a noble thing. And by the way, a lot of people, a lot of people in this country a majority of people have a biblical view of sex and marriage. If you've got a problem with that, you can take it up with the Almighty, Mr. Zirin. You know, it reminds me, there was a time, and it wasn't so long ago, when you had Howard Cosell, all those guys. I mean, these were pretty much conservative people. 
there were that religion was was really dominant in in the sports world and and players were not afraid or ashamed of, they didn't feel like they had to hide who they were but those days are long gone now i mean what a couple of days ago we were talking about this poor guy ivan uh, pavarov from the philadelphia flyers where is that so i've got a story around here we'll, we'll try to get to it this hour uh, he's come under fire simply because he is um he's an, a russian orthodox christian and he didn't want to wear the flag, the, the rainbow flag. They're making they're making all the guys uh, support gay pride, and the guy said, "Hey, that goes against my religion. I can't do that." And so now they want to drum this guy out. I mean, I have the hate and the vitriol that this, this poor guy was getting. Anyway, Brad Palumbo was writing about this in Newsmax or uh, Newsweek rather, and it's a fascinating column. Uh, Brad Palumbo is the co-founder of Based Politics. He's a conservative. And he's also gay. And he here's what he had to say. And this is pretty fascinating. Gay rights once meant fighting for marriage equality and anti-discrimination protections. Now, apparently, it means harassing random pro athletes who won't wrap themselves in the rainbow flag. It's true. And he goes on to talk about the, the attacks on Provorov, whose only crime, as near as I can tell, is being a member of the Russian Orthodox Church. And the guy said he wanted to stay true to himself and true to his religion. But according to the sports industry, only gay people are allowed to be true to themselves. The Flyers coach, uh, John Tortorella, actually backed up his player and pointed out that while the team has reiterated support for LGBT pride, Provorov, or they call him Provy, has uh, a right to be true to himself and his religion. He says, that's the one thing I respect about Provy. He's always true to himself, so that's where we're at with this. And he said it would also be unfair. They were calling for – they wanted the guy kicked off the team. He said that would be unfair to bench or otherwise punish the player for his actions. As Mr. Palumbo continues to write, Provorov is getting savaged over his decision, with some not just criticizing him but even trying to punish him for it. He goes on to write, uh, and and quote NHL commentator Gord Miller talking about Provy. He's a shameful human being whose homophobia is only going to get more shameful over the years. Out sports writer Sid Ziegler says Ivan Provorov uh, is has chosen to embrace prejudice. And here's what Palumbo says: Speaking as a gay person who most certainly supports gay rights, I can nonetheless say that Ivan Provorov did nothing wrong. He didn't discriminate against anyone. He didn't call anyone names or use any slurs. He didn't even say anything hateful or bigoted. All he did was politely decline to affirmatively embrace the pride movement. Sorry, but that's his right. He signed up to play hockey, not to be an ambassador of a particular cause or a movement. What's more, we have to be honest about the fact that the pride movement is not some apolitical human rights-based cause. It's closely tied to democratic politics, including support for abortion, gun control, and a variety of... I'm surprised they haven't kicked this guy out of the uh, the, the gay movement, <laughs> this Palumbo. Anyway, I so... I, I, and, he, and he also points this out. This is a pretty brilliant column, and uh, we'll, it's over at uh, Newsweek. We'll post a link to it on our page. The oddest part of the backlash is the way Provorov is being accused of failing at inclusivity. 
Because if you actually believe in an inclusive, pluralistic society where we all live side by side and are free to live as we see fit, that has to include the roughly half of the country who doesn't embrace liberal social causes. Yes, even the ones you really care about. You're not tolerant or inclusive if you demand that everyone must bend the knee to your ideological campaigns. By definition, that's repressive and intolerant. It's an excellent column and an excellent point. And so not only do you have, and they did this, look, they did this to Tim Tebow. They're doing it to Provi. And now they're trying to do it to Coach Tony Dungy simply because he supports little babies being born. Do you see where we've got, the whole country's gone slap crazy, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, we salute Coach Dungy on this program. And Coach, we don't think you're an extremist. We don't think you're an anti-gay bigot. We just think you're a great American patriot. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We have some great stories for you to read over at ToddSterns.com. We'll be right back, America. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Let's go to the phone lines, 844-747-8868. Jerry in Milwaukee wants to weigh in on Coach Dungy. All right, Jerry, what you got for us? Okay, well, I kind of like Coach Dungy, personally. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says. And he does have a right to his beliefs, religious beliefs, and I respect people's rights. This is the thing I disagree with, and it's something that annoys me. And it probably annoys other people. It's this idea that because something's a religious belief, even though you have the right to it, that it somehow deserves some kind of intellectual respect, and that we should respect the foundation of it. I think that's simply absurd. To me, all beliefs, religious beliefs, are just beliefs. I don't believe any of this stuff is true. I know you do. I know a lot of your listeners do. But I don't believe it's true. Just because you have a belief that, say, you can't sell a cake to someone because they're gay, I think that you have the right to that belief. I think that belief makes no sense. I don't think a God would care if someone is gay or not. I don't think a God is obsessed with someone being gay. I think it's a belief that's and religion should be open for criticism. All religious beliefs, like any other belief, should be open for criticism and debate. And, and Jerry, I don't disagree with a single thing you just said there. Uh, under the United States Constitution, we are free to have those debates. You're free to believe or or not believe. It's It's up to you. 
again, the issue I'm I'm concerned with is that we're moving to a point in society where people are being marginalized or pushed out of the public marketplace because of their religious beliefs. That's what I've got a problem with. Well, so, sometimes it's just like when people like me, as you know, I'm an atheist, criticize religion, that's somehow taken as an attack on people's First Amendment rights. No, I have the right to debate religion, and I, and I do that in partly because religion is so powerful in the United States, and I don't think it should be this powerful, but it is. It's declining, but it's still a power, and it, you know, it's, it still has impact on people's lives who aren't religious. But 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 Jerry, look, I I hear you, and I don't. Again, I I would I would stand up and defend your right to be critical of of my faith. You have the right to do that. But my concern here is you've got people out there in in the sports journalism world who are saying Coach Dungy does not deserve to be employed by the NFL because of his religious beliefs. Uh, I haven't heard him disparage anybody. Coach Dungy is probably one of the nicer guys in, in the NFL as far as coaches go. Um, he just believes that marriage is between a man and a woman, and he believes that the unborn should be protected. And th- there are people out there who say that that makes him unqualified to hold a job. Right. I just I just read some quick things he said. Some of them are, seem to be a little more wackier, but, I mean, he can hold those beliefs. Um he should be on a job based on his merits. But, again, just because they're religious beliefs, they hold no more weight to me than if they're any other belief. And that's I your mean, opinion. Our founding fathers completely disagreed with you. And, you know, again, no, I don't know about that. Well, John Adams said our Constitution is wholly inadequate for anyone other than a moral and religious people. And yeah, yeah. Also, the, uh, also, the Treaty of Tripoli says our government is not founded in any sense upon Christianity, and that happened during John Adams' administration. I mean, they were Thomas Jefferson so much wanted religion to be open to criticism, to debate. You know, if you look at Thomas Jefferson and Thomas Paine, not as much John Adams, but they definitely wanted religion to be and, open. To and that's debate. a good thing. I mean, there, that and that is healthy for the nation to have that debate. And the, the Thomas Jefferson, you know, a lot of people say, well, the separation of church and state about Thomas Jefferson. Well, Thomas Jefferson was writing that in a letter. And the reason he had a copy of the Quran, by the way, is he wanted to understand his enemy that they were fighting in, you know, that, that they were fighting at the time. So that, that mm-hmm. there was a reason for that. So again, but our founding fathers, when you go back and read a, a volume of their writings and their letters and their personal correspondence, Jerry, I mean, it was very clear they wanted to create a nation that was meant to be a Christian nation so that no, so that so. people like you, Jerry, Jerry from Milwaukee, the atheist, could could be an atheist in America and not and, no. and not have to risk persecution. Well, atheists like me were persecuted for like at least a hundred years after that and put in jail, and we had to fight for our rights. Country's so, not perfect, I mean, Jerry. Where it's look, it is an experiment, and I, you know. But again, I think now I think we can all agree that that in, in many cases, in many places, atheists uh, are probably better accepted than some Christians. No, I, I don't know because an atheist like me could not run for president and get elected. We couldn't run for governor and elected. Uh, there's um, no atheists in Congress, even though where at least 10% of Americans say they don't have a belief in God. So, I mean, we still, as I point out, in, in Tennessee, your state, atheists are still banned by law through they can enforce from running for public office. I'm fairly certain, well, I'm fairly certain we've got some atheists running around these parts. 
Jerry, Again, I hope so. Jerry, we got to run. We got to run. I'm late for a break here. And most importantly, you got you got a platform to talk about it on this program. And and that's what we do here. Jerry, appreciate you. Thanks for the call. But that's what being that's what being an American is about, folks. Under our Judeo-Christian values, you can be whatever you want to be and not be persecuted for it. We got to take a break. You're not going to believe this. Uh, Washington, D.C., getting ready to soften penalties for carjacking. We're going to tell you people in D.C. how that goes uh, coming up. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today, man. I gotta, I gotta hand it off to to Jason Whitlock. What a great American patriot he is, and he is standing up uh, for Tony Dungy. I, I want to share this message he just posted on Twitter because he is spot on accurate here with what's happening. These attacks on Tony Dungy, they want him thrown off of NBC Sports because he's pro life and he's pro-traditional marriage. Uh, Jason Whitlock says, the backlash against Tony Dungy is well-orchestrated and not remotely organic. The motive is to outlaw a biblical worldview. The anti-God agenda is so strong and obvious. I'm so sick of alleged Christians sitting silent while someone like Tony has his character assassinated. Cowards, all of you, so scared of your secular masters, you choose your satanic liberal puppet masters over Tony Dungy, a man who has done nothing but help us cowards. Nothing infuriates me more. Good for you, Jason Whitlock. And he's absolutely right. Now, I'm gonna, I'm just going to lay this out here. But when, uh, when I was at Fox News in the early days, I was one of the few people on that network that was not a catholic i was an even i was and am an evangelical christian so my worldview is a little bit different than say bill o'reilly's or sean hannity's so those guys are catholic and i'm no i'm just saying my worldview is different and uh, one of the first things i did when i got to fox i had this little campaign i had a i had a bucket list and one of the things that really aggravated me is that in the national media evangelicals are not really represented at all 
And so one of the first things I was able to convince the bosses at Fox to do was to bring in voices like Pastor Robert Jeffress from the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Um, you saw and you started to see a number of other leaders, Franklin Graham, for example, that were that were brought into the network. And then one day, some of the on-air talent realized, oh, wait a second, why is why is Starnes being invited to these these churches? And the reason why is I just happen to be a a person of of faith. I happen to be a fellow believer. And they wanted to hear my, you know, my testimony. And I would go and they would typically ask me, hey, would you mind bringing some some books or can we get our church bookstore to uh, get you to sign copies? And I said, I'd be more than happy to. But um, but I told them, you know, one of the one of the crazy things people always think I'm very political when I speak at a church, but I'm not. I'm just I'm just not. That's not what I do. So anyway, one day I started getting these calls from some very well known people that you see on conservative television, and one of them actually asked me, "How do I get in on that gig? How how do I get in on that? I get in on what? They wanted." <laughs> They they look at that, and they look at the Christians as a money making scheme, and so now when you look at when you look at some of these conservative TV networks, and you see the anchors, and they're talking about religion, and they're weeping and getting emotional, and I have to tell you, I have a very jaded view of that because a lot of it is not real, a lot of it is fake, and I'm not naming names. But I say shame on them. So what, so what Jason Whitlock is saying here is, where are all those people on the conservative, in the conservative Christian media world? Where are you? Why aren't you taking a stand? Why aren't you standing alongside Tony Dungy? Why aren't you getting out there and condemning these people who say, oh, Starnes believes in traditional marriage. He hates gay people. Why? Where are you people? Not why aren't you standing up for folks like that? That's what Jason Whitlock is asking here, and it's a great question. A lot of pastors won't even talk about these things anymore because they're terrified. They're cowards. To borrow a phrase from Jason Whitlock, they're cowards. All of you. You want to know why the country's going to hell in a handbasket? Pardon me, H E double hockey sticks in a handbasket. You want to know why? Because your preachers are cowards, by and large. And so are you. You don't want to get out there and take a stand? Shame on you. So I'm standing alongside Jason Whitlock, who's standing alongside Tony Dungy. Go back to the go back to to the days when I was at Fox and I was standing up and talking about how the border had been overrun and the people crossing that border were illegal uh, illegal aliens. Um, got a problem with that, folks. Because you know what? When they came after me, I looked behind me. There were only a handful of people that were standing alongside of me. I said that the illegal aliens crossing that border was an invasion. And the National Hispanic Journalism Association went after Fox News, and I got to be the sacrificial lamb. And I'm telling you, you think, did you see Tucker Carlson standing up alongside? No, you did not. You see you see Hannity or Laura Ingham? Nope, you sure didn't. Franklin Graham was there. As soon as I walked out of the building, that was the first telephone call I got. Pastor Robert Jeffress was there. 
So I understand what Tony Dungy is going through here, and it's an ugly thing, and I hate it for him, but he's a strong man. And you know what the reality is? I love Tucker Carlson. I think he does a great job on the channel. But I didn't need him to stand alongside of me. I didn't even need Sean Hannity to stand alongside. You know why? Because I have God on my side. That's why. And I'm on God's side. I have the Lord, and I don't need those guys. And this job, especially in talk radio, you got to put on your big boy pants every day. And yeah, the arrows. I got a message from somebody who goes, how, "How in the world do you do you read through your Twitter?" Ma-? No, of course not. Why would I? Why would I waste my time doing that? Of course not. But you know what comes with the territory. But these people now are ruthless, and they are, they are of the devil. These evil leftists that want to destroy you, if you do not bow down and worship the leftist agenda, they'll destroy you. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that to Tony Dungy. I really don't. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Sorry, I got off a little bit of a tear there. But I can really relate to Tony Dungy. And it's not a it's not a fun place to be, but you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to be able to you're going to be able to get through it, and you're going to be okay. And that's why, that's why I and I was confident that I was going to come out good on the other side. All right, we're going to be taking your calls on Tony Dungy. Uh, we're also uh, waiting for a live report from the March for Life in Washington D.C. I tell you what, let's take this call and uh, then we'll get to a break. Um, let's go to Steve in North Carolina. Wants to weigh in on Coach Dungy. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind? Well, I Todd, uh, the uh, the thing that I cannot stomach from these people who are calling out uh, people like Tony Dungy for his beliefs, aren't saying a darn word about uh, the radical Muslim faith followers who truly do hate homosexuals and uh, don't accept uh, anything other than marriage being a man and multiple women. Well, that's look, that's a fair point. No one touches the Muslims at all. You can't, you can't talk about them, can't write about them, can't draw about them. Can't do anything, and the reason why? Well, we all know the reason why. Yeah, the hypocrisy just. Oh yes, is what. But people are people are just terror. They're they're literally terrified. But again, they know they're gonna, they know they can go after the Christians and the Jews because we will just we'll stand down. That's that's just the way it works. I mean, they're not stupid. They know they can target the Christians and the Jews. Unfortunately, true. All right, Steve, appreciate that call, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, welcome back, all you beautiful people out there. Great to have you with us on this very important day in American history as thousands of people march in Washington, D.C., standing up for the unborn. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now. Honored to have with us uh, Kristen Hawkins from Students for Life. uh, Kristen, so good to have you with us. Tell us where you are right now and what's happening around you. Oh, thank you. Yes, I just uh, arrived up on the top of Capitol Hill in front of uh, front of uh, the Capitol building, waiting for the March for Life to begin and make its way up Constitution. Now, Independence Avenue, the march route has changed this year because, obviously, uh, we are in phase two of the pro-life uh, movement, now demanding that our legislators do their job and protect life at conception. And let's talk about that phase two, um, because the, the the movement still continues, and there is so much work to be done, uh, especially right. at the state level when it comes to protecting the unborn. You know, you know, with the Dobbs decision throwing Roe versus Wade into the ash heap of history, you know, what's so great about it was it didn't just give permission for state legislators to finally do their job and protect the most tiny citizens uh, in their state. It also said that every Every level of government must be involved, federal and state. And that's what we're doing at Students for Life and Students for Life Action across the country, passing legislation in states like Wyoming that doesn't have a chemical abortion ban, uh, Nebraska, which should have a Life at Conception Act, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, all the states just continue on. And that's what we're going to be doing throughout the spring semester. I've got students heading the state capitals, meeting with legislators, showing them that this post-road generation, you know, we didn't just stop when Roe versus Wade was first. Now we've launched into phase two, which is seeking the abolishment of abortion, protecting human life at conception until that day when abortion is unavailable and unthinkable in our nation. Kristen, I'm, I'm wondering about turnout today and security there in Washington. Uh, how's, how's the crowd looking? Uh, the crowd is looking great. The energy level is amazing. Students for Life always does an official time-lapse video. So we'll have a better estimate of numbers after the time-lapse is over today. But students, were, when I left the rally area, they were still pouring in out of buses. So I'm so excited to see all their banners, to see all the groups of these student leaders. I mean, the march is vast majority young people. Um, so as you can imagine, I have a lot of friends. Security has been tight so far. I'm being flanked right now by two uh, bodyguards. But uh, sadly, that is where we're at in our pro-life movement, that, you know, now when I travel to college campuses, our national headquarters, um, we must protect ourselves because of the extremists like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, who uh, continue to spread misinformation and half-truths about the pro-life movement, about our intentions, which just gives license to these pro-abortion radicals and, and I mean, honestly okay with 
And, and Kristen, okay. I mean, they, th- th- this is a real thing here. I mean, we're talking about Absolutely. hundreds of pro-life centers that have been damaged right. or vandalized churches, yep. and they're coming after even Students for Life especially. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we had Jane's Revenge left a death threat uh, on the campus in Nebraska just last month when we were our C4, Students Life Action, was hosting a political leadership training for our young people and how to get active in state politics. I mean, we have more than 60 legal cases right now um, that we're, we're working with our students with discrimination and vandalization on college campuses. Um, so it is, it's definitely gotten a lot worse uh, to be pro-life on college campus. But the good news is um, it's, it's, we're actually having more conversations and we're actually converting more people. This year, Students for Life will have a million conversations a million conversations with Gen Z, those most directly targeted by the abortion industry for their predatory business practices. Kristen Hawkins with Students for Life joining us from the March for Life in Washington today. Kristen, we've been talking about Coach Tony Dungy. He and his wife are going to be among those marching, and he is coming under fierce attack from the left, Uh, people saying that he ought to be removed from NBC Sports. They're calling him a right-wing extremist. Are are you surprised that Coach Dungy's coming under attack? Oh, no. I mean, these are people that are okay with the most vulnerable members of our society, little babies, defenseless little babies being aborted up until the moment of birth, until abortionists insert digoxin in their heart, makes them have a heart attack, and then birth them. And then they're also okay if that baby miraculously survives the abortion and is born gasping for air that the abortionists, they believe, should not have to offer oxygen, life-sustaining care, to keep that baby alive. They just voted. Every single Democrat, except two in the House of Representatives, just two weeks ago, voted to allow this barbaric practice of infanticide to continue. So, no, I'm not surprised. All right. Well, Kristen, uh, we appreciate the the update there. Uh, You guys have done such great work, and um, it's going to be a a day really of celebration, but also a day of reminding ourselves that the the work still has has to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely has been done. I'm standing here erasing some pro-abortion sidewalk chalk as we speak up on Capitol Hill. So a lot of work to be done. (laughs) All right. Kristen, you be safe out there, and uh, God bless. (laughs) Thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, That's exciting, and we'll keep you updated on the crowds there. Uh, By the way, White House press briefing set for the next hour. Uh, We will try to dip into some of that uh, during the next hour of the program. Also, we're going to talk about a, a bill coming out of South Carolina. I love this piece of legislation. They're calling it the Slowpoke Bill. Have you heard about this? I don't know what it's like where you drive. Uh, Memphis drivers are incredibly fast, so we don't necessarily have this problem here. But if you're driving down, say, in Mississippi or somewhere, you will come across somebody who's driving like 35 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. And it drives me nuts whenever that happens because the traffic is zooming by. You can't get around the person. And now the the South Carolina legislature is looking at a bill that would fine people for driving too slow. I think this is brilliant. Lawmakers um, have called it the slow poke bill. And I think we need more of this 
Those people drive me nuts. I will say this, though. It does allow you the opportunity to listen to talk radio just a little bit longer when you're out there driving. So I don't know. Maybe just maybe it may not be that bad after all. But anyway, San Francisco has increased their slowpoke fine from $25 per violation to $100 per violation. And by the way, this is somebody driving 35 miles an hour in the left lane. I hate those people. What's wrong with you? And the problem here in Memphis, though, is the speed limit is 55 on the interstate, but people typically go about 95 to 105. And so if you're driving 55, you're technically in the slowpoke lane. But here's what gets me is that the Memphis police or the state troopers, you've got people driving 125, 125 miles an hour, and you're driving 65 miles an hour in the 55, they will pull you over. They will not go after. I guess you're more, it's it's easy pickings. But they won't go after the guys going 125 miles an hour. Anyway, i oh, got to get my oil changed. Make a mental note. All right, got to take a break here, folks. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Congressman Debbie Lesko coming up next. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. By the way, White House press briefing about to get underway. We are monitoring. Right now, there's an empty podium. Oh, but yeah, no, that has nothing to do with KJP. No, she's just not there yet. It's an empty... Po- <sighs> Come on, it's Friday. We're trying to be nice. We're trying to be polite. So anyway, we'll keep you updated on that. I wa- You know, it's interesting. We had gotten reports that, that the the reporters were being searched for fruit and uh, tomatoes, you know, oranges, things like because apparently they're ready to start heckling. I mean, it's getting pretty... The tension is pretty severe there in the press briefing room. Hey, Kamala Harris finally heading to Arizona, but she's not going to the border. Do you have any plans to visit the border in Arizona? I've visited the border. I will not on this trip, but I I have, and I will again. There you go. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, who represents Arizona's 8th Congressional District, is there. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, what say you? Hey, Todd, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. It's it's typical of the Biden administration. I mean, Joe Biden finally went to the border for more of like a photo op because of pressure saying, where have you been? He hasn't for, what, 40 years been to the border. Um, And he appoints Kamala Harris as his border czar, but she's only visited once. Uh, Comes to Arizona, very close to the border, decides not to go there. And it just shows the American people their priorities. I mean, if you the, the December uh, border encounter numbers are going to be coming out soon, and they expect they'll exceed 250,000 illegal immigrant encounters that we know of. Those are the ones that they caught or processed. And then, of course, there's a bunch of runaways. This is just totally unsustainable. And what does the Biden administration do? 
uh, to say they're trying to solve it. They want to have a pathway for more people to come into the United States, which will be more of an incentive. We already legally immigrate one billion people into our country a year. That's more than any other country in the world. And now the Biden administration's answer to all of these people surging the border is let's let more in. It's it's unbelievable. But when you, you look at what's happening nationwide, it really makes sense. This is part of a plan, a coordinated effort to bring these people into the country. Uh, there was a DACA recipient who was actually testifying in Minnesota, and she flat out said, we're voting and you can't stop us. And I believe that's happening. I believe illegals are actually voting and participating in American elections. Well, yeah, and when you have the Democrats, when they were in control of the House, they pushed through their H.R. 1 and H.R. 3 uh, bills that basically would send out a mail-in ballot to everybody. And then it would be up to the person to be on the honor system if they really um, are qualified to vote. I mean, this is what the Democrats are pushing Um, And, uh, you know, what really boggles my mind is here in Arizona, we had a ballot measure, a good ballot measure that would have said, if you're going to send in a mail-in ballot, which is very popular here in Arizona, you have to prove ID. The people in Arizona, it was defeated. They didn't even go for that. I do not understand what is going on with the American people, and I'm glad that your radio station is talking about it because this is a huge problem. We cannot just have anybody and everybody come across our border. We're not vetting where these people are going. Kids are being sold into sex slavery. This is just unconscionable, and I'm so frustrated with it. I, 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 I don't know what else to do except to scream at the top of my lungs and introduce legislation. Well, we have, we have 100... We have 140, 140 radio stations around the nation are are doing that, Congresswoman, and uh, we're proud to offer you a platform uh, on the show to, to talk about these issues. I want to want to pivot to what's happening in Washington D.C. with the congressional investigations, the Biden documents. Um, now we're getting word that there was apparently some collusion between the Justice Department and the Bidens to hide all of this information before the midterm elections. Well, you know, nothing would surprise me. I mean, I came into Congress being naive, but then I was on the Judiciary Committee during impeachment, and I saw how people within the FBI and DOJ were political um motivated to go after Trump and the things that they did. I mean, they just lied. They out and out lied. And so, unfortunately, it doesn't shock me. It's kind of, um, you know, it's just disgusting, quite frankly, the hypocrisy that goes on. And also, you know, so Biden says, oh, there's no there there with his, you know, documents. But when they were going after Trump and raided his home in Mar-a-Lago, then he said, oh, how terrible this is, you know, how irresponsible for people, you know, President Trump not to have these. And then he does the same thing. And he says, there's no there there. And the Department of Justice doesn't raid his, um, you know, homes. In fact, if, if you're saying uh, what you're saying is true, they they coordinated 
and said, oh, don't worry about it. You, you know, let's not raid you. We'll just cooperate with you, but not raid your place. Unbelievable. I'm I'm wondering what you think is going to happen eventually here, um, because we've we've seen these investigations in the past. Do you think that anyone is is going to be held accountable here? God, I hope so. But you know that whole thing that happened with President Trump on the first impeachment. Um, what happened? The one guy, the one guy was uh, finally found uh, guilty of something within the Department of Justice, and I can't remember what punishment he got, but it wasn't very severe. And so th- that's the problem. The American people and myself, myself, uh, serving in Congress, see the di- the the difference between how they treat conservatives and how they treat liberals, how they treat President Trump, and how they treat President Biden. And that's what the American people are upset about. I'm so glad that Republicans got back the majority in the House because I know that Jim Jordan, uh, Judiciary Committee Chair and the Chair of Oversight uh, and Accountability Committee, uh, Jamie Comer, is going to go after this. And, of course, then McCarthy also set up the Church Committee uh, to go after the weaponization of Biden's agencies against the American people. So we're going to have a lot of hearings, and I think a lot of things will be brought to light. Um, one of the things I'm really curious about, in addition, is why wasn't the Capitol secured on January 6th? I want to know what happened there, and um, that's that's one of the investigative things I will be focusing on. All right. Well, Congresswoman, we uh, certainly appreciate the great work you're doing. Uh, So happy that you are back in Congress. And, of course, today also an exciting day in Washington as thousands are gathering to March for Life. Oh, I know. That's fantastic. And can you believe that 210 House Democrats voted against giving medical care to a baby born alive after a failed abortion? Only one Democrat voted with all the Republicans to protect the baby, and one Democrat voted present. All the rest voted to basically leave to die a baby that was born alive. This is outrageous, unconscionable. I just don't even understand it. All right. Well, we are going to leave it there. Uh, So, Congresswoman, thank you again. Congresswoman Debbie Lesko from the great state of Arizona. Thank you so much, Todd. All right, uh, folks, we are, again, waiting for the White House press briefing to get get underway. We'll let you know when that happens. Uh, coming up a little bit later on today, Governor Scott Walker is going to drop by, and we're going to be taking your calls as well, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Chris in North Carolina on the talk station. Hi, Chris, what's, uh, what's on your mind today? Hey, uh... I just wanted to say I'm listening to the folks. Everybody's upset, just like the congresswoman. I just wish we would have been this upset in 2020 when they stole the election. Yes. So in other words, Todd, when we, the Republicans, shut up and didn't fight for Donald Trump, and everybody knows that it was, was, was done illegally, nobody fought for it. So now this is what you get when we did what we did. So there's no turning this back now. There's no turning it back. We don't have elections anymore that are, they just did the midterms and cheated us there. Did anybody say anything? No, they've moved on. So that's all I would like to say is we need to have the outrage in 2020. Now it's too late. 
Well, let's see. Let's see what happens here, Chris. Uh, we've got a big election coming up. Uh, the question. Nothing will happen. Well, Nothing well, well, you don't know that, Chris. You don't. I mean, I hear your frustration, but the reality well, is, if we get out there, Chris, we, have- we can't both talk at the same time. Hold on for a second. I got it. yeah. the look. You can have that impression and that belief, and I get it, and it's it's justified. But the reality is, we've got to keep electing. America first lawmakers. This is a process, and we are gaining ground as evidenced by the the speaker vote that was drawn out over multiple days in Washington, D.C. That's because we are changing the culture of the Republican Party. And if we're able to do that, we're going to be able to fix this election problem. Well, what about the stolen election? Why did they not fight in 2020? Because they're cowards. Okay. Well, then... You know, there's consequences for action, and these are the consequences right now. So while we're all praising Kevin McCarthy because he's pretending to be like a conservative right now, we all know he's not. So it's all talking. It's all talking. No, I I disagree with you, Chris. Yeah, I get it. I know he's a fake conservative, but you know what? Right now he's doing what he said he would do. The day that he stops doing that, there's going to be you-know-what to pay. Well, I just disagree with that because Mitch McConnell and them are not going to throw him out. And so Mitch McConnell doesn't have a say. That's not Mitch McConnell's decision to make. It's the House Freedom Caucus. And and I believe the House and I believe the House Freedom Caucus will stand by their promise, their warning that if McCarthy goes against them, they will vote him out. Okay. Well, we'll see. I hope they we will see. I, I, you know yeah. what? I'm willing to be. I'm. I'm hopeful, and I'm willing to give them a chance. But I'm not stupid, Chris, and and you're not either. And look, we we know what's we know who Kevin McCarthy is. I'm just willing to give the guy a shot. So far, so good. Chris got to run for a break. Appreciate that call. And I, folks, I hear his frustration. I know many of you are frustrated too. But let's give the guy a chance, and and let's see what happens here. All right, um, we've got a problem in in America, and it's called crime. Philadelphia, they have open market drug usage. It looks like some sort of a third-world dystopian hellhole over there. In Washington, D.C., the city council looking to soften the penalties for carjacking and other violent crimes. The city controlled by Democrats. Here in Memphis, Tennessee, our flagship radio station, which is heavily guarded, our fortified bunker, we are facing the prospect of of what could be an explosive national story. Now, we've been telling you about this young man named Tyree Nichols, who was pulled over by police on January 7th. He had some sort of an altercation with police. That's We have no idea what it is because the police are giving us diddly squat. And we are very friendly with police, but they have buttoned up. Nobody's talking. Nobody. The um, There was a confrontation. The guy ran away. They caught the guy. There was another confrontation. He ended up in the hospital. And three days later, dead, 29 years old. Perfectly healthy person. Dead. There is body cam footage. The police department refuses to release it. They say they're probably going to do that next week. I have three sources, and these are three very well-placed sources who have seen this video, and it is very bad, very bad.
And people around Memphis are getting very nervous about what could happen. Now, I will say this. I don't know if Antifa is going to show up in town or Black Lives Matter. If they do, it will be a problem because those people are the ones that are burning down the cities and pillaging and plundering. But the good people of Memphis, when it comes to the protest, are very peaceful. As a matter of fact, even during the George Floyd riots, the the protests in Memphis were law-abiding and peaceful, aside from when they shut down all the uh, interstates. But there was nothing that got burned down, nothing got looted, pillaged, or plundered here in Memphis, Tennessee. So a lot of people are just very concerned, and rightfully so. We're going to play some audio when we come back from break from the from the former president of the Memphis Police Association. That's their version. We don't have unions here, but this is the police association. People are really concerned, and rightfully so, because the criminals run Memphis, Tennessee right now. They do. And it's just shocking, shocking. But this is the way it is in every major city controlled by Democrats. And I'm curious to know what it's like in your community. What is it like in your neighborhood? Have you seen an uptick in crime, especially among young people? 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. Again, that number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, here we go. Mayor Muriel Bowser over in Washington, D.C., dealing with the city council. They want to soften penalties for many violent crimes, including burglaries and carjackings. The city also wants to reduce maximum sentences, eliminate nearly all mandatory minimum sentences, and they want to expand the right to jury trials by those accused of misdemeanors. So what they're basically doing here is declaring war on the law-abiding people of Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia, New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Memphis, Tennessee. Now here in Memphis, uh, to give you an example of what that looks like, there were eight kids that were arrested for stealing cars. They they all had guns. Well, some of them had guns. And uh, the 18-year-old well, all of them were released from jail. Nobody was nobody was sent to jail. They they got arrested. Police took him to jail. They let them out. The 18-year-old who had a weapon that was stolen, he was let go without any bail at all. He was released on his own recognizance. Do you think the do you think the kids are going to show back up at court? I don't think so. There's another horrible story. A Methodist pastor, she was carjacked in her driveway. Something happened, and the the 15-year-old thugs shot and killed this Methodist preacher. And one of the teenagers is pled guilty, and get this, will be out of jail when he is 19 years old. That's the, that's the price to pay for killing a Methodist preacher in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm telling you, it's a lawless nation, folks. And you better buckle up because the crime, it's coming to the suburbs. And after the suburbs, it's coming to the country. You better be prepared to take care of yourself. 844-747-8868. 
All right, got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back, America. interesting story out of Newsmax. By the way, we had a, a great segment yesterday with Chris Salcedo, and I got a lot of email from you folks. So I was, um, we were talking about this reparations bill out of San Francisco. They want to give every black person in the city $5 million as a form of reparation and for slavery. And so Chris Salcedo set up the segment and said, Starnes, what say you? And I said that I now self-identify as a black man, call me LeBron Starnes, and I'm moving to San Francisco because I want my $5 million. And if Rachel Dolezal can identify as a black woman, then by golly, I can identify as a black man. Give me my money, London Breed. That's the mayor, by the way, London Breed. So anyway, um, I got a question for you about all these folks moving into um, moving into your area, moving into your town from out of state, whether it be San Francisco or New York. And the story out of Newsmax, here's the headline, New Yorkers moving to Florida in record numbers by Jeffrey Rodak. More people from New York moved to Florida in 2022 than any year in history according to the New York Post. The Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles said 64,577 New Yorkers took out Florida driver's licenses last year. That's a lot of old people on the road. I wonder if they got the slow poker rule down there. The number eclipsed the 61,728 New Yorkers who moved to Florida in 2021. Wow, a lot of people are moving, moving to Florida. One worker at a Jacksonville, Florida DMV office said the transplanted New Yorkers often complain about the Empire State's high taxes and the quality of life there. They come in every day. I hear all the complaints. I feel like a therapist sometimes, one worker said. Now, I'm curious. If you are in North Carolina or Florida or Tennessee, what advice would you give the New Yorkers and the Californians coming to your communities, coming to your neighborhoods, what advice would you give them? Are they even welcome in your communities? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. A 2022 report by a real estate brokerage firm showed that the most common cities that people moving to Florida are coming from are Chicago and New York. The firm indicated that Miami and Tampa, both cities in Florida, saw the highest inflow of home buyers from those cities. Other cities include Phoenix, Sacramento, and Las Vegas. According to the Census Bureau, Florida saw the country's largest net domestic migration between 2020 and 2021. More than almost a quarter million people left New York for someplace else. 
Texas and Arizona followed, while New York, California, and Illinois were the top states that saw residents leave. So I'm curious what advice you would give these folks as they're packing up and leaving these third world leftist cities and states, and they're moving to free America. 844-747-8868 is our telephone number. Let's go to Georgia. And I'm sorry, let's go to Stacy first in North Carolina, WSIC. Stacy, what sort of advice would you give the New Yorkers, the Yankee folk? Well, if they're going to come down here, they have to be coming down here to acclimate to North Carolina. They can't expect North Carolina to be like New York. So they can't bring their politics with them, their liberal politics. And Stacy, I have to imagine, and and I look, I I like bagels as much as the next guy, but my acclimate, you know, there's Biscuitville in North Carolina, and not Bagelville, so you got to acclimate a little bit. Right. Yep, that's right. Don't be changing the culture too much. Right. Yeah, that's a big problem for you guys, Stacy, because you guys, you know, North Carolina was once a rock solid red state. Now you guys are purple, somewhat blue, because of all of the transplants coming in. Yep. Stacy, I like the way you think. Thanks for listening to us. Let's go to Kevin in North Carolina, WSJS, our great affiliate in the Winston-Salem area. Kevin, what say you? Talk to you. Can you hear me okay? You're coming in loud and clear. Okay. Well, my brother lives in Melbourne on the Space Coast, and they've had an influx of a lot of uh, people from New Jersey and, of course, New York. And it seems like all of, everybody's in the pool business. <laughs> so I don't know what what's going on there, but he says uh, he gets a, a lot of people that complain about the North, but they want to bring their political ways down to Florida. In other words, they're going to vote the same way they did up North and got them in the same predicament. So I welcome people from other places to the South, but... The South is not the cheap place to live anymore because the the housing prices have gone up and because of the uh, the big rush of uh, transient uh, people here. It's it's not the cheap South anymore, and I will say that. But if you're going to come down, leave your political, your liberal ways, uh, unless you want it to be like it is right now where you live in new york you know kevin it's too bad we can't have like some sort of i don't know a border security plan where you have to take an oath of allegiance that you will renounce your leftist ways and you will embrace free america you know that would be kind of clever <laughs> That'd be a good start wouldn't it? <laughs> just kind of tag yeah. them like we do the uh, critters in the woods you know to keep an eye on them just to make sure they're not going to the left <laughs> there you go absolutely i i yeah well, i like that all right well, thank you for your time. Have a great day. Sir. All right, Kevin, you too. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Aaron. A lot of folks in North Carolina went away on this one. And Aaron, I suspect the reason why is you guys have seen what happens. Uh, no, so Todd, yeah, I, I listen to your show quite a bit, and I think you have a great show. Um, but I just want to say I welcome those people to North Carolina, uh, regardless of their political views. Uh, I'm an independent myself, but uh, the more people we can get in the state, the more congressional representation we can get, and maybe uh, we can make North Carolina a real thriving place. So you don't have a problem if, say, people from New York come down and bring their politics with them, the politics they're running away from. I mean, I don't 
per se, like that's that not that's not really a big factor for me personally. Um, I mean, it's not like they're going to come down here and change a load of things. People have been set in North Carolina for many years. Uh, the politics has kind of stayed the same in different districts and different regions. The only areas that I could sincerely see getting affected would be the ones people have moved into for remote work, i.e. a Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, the Raleigh-Durham area, and potentially the Charlotte metro area. Yeah, I mean, you guys, uh, Charlotte especially, uh, has a pretty woke city council, and I know they went uh, they went left on all the uh, the transgender bathroom stuff and uh, really played hardball over there. Yeah, I mean, that, that bathroom stuff's been getting on my nerves for some time now. I wish we could move on to, you know, focusing on things that actually affect people's lives, like education and health care. Uh, but instead, folks just want to talk about all these divisive issues. So again, but a lot of that, a lot of that comes with people moving down and bringing their values and bringing their traditions with them from places like New York, which is one of the reasons why, you know, North Carolina, politically speaking, has, has been moved into the purple category. Used to be a red state, pretty conservative state. Now it's a purple state. Pretty much, I think you guys are heading into blue country very soon. Yeah, I think it'll stay purple for a bit. You know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I attended the Jesse Helms Leadership Foundation. I'm pretty sure you're pretty familiar with, with old Senator Helms. Um, oh, yeah. Like we, yeah, we welcome loads of people down there. I mean, we like different ideas. We like debating. Uh, we, we like to think we're an intelligent state uh, with, a, with a good education system. So if people want to come and participate in our processes, we're more than happy to have them. Well, I'm look, I'm pretty happy here in Tennessee. I fled New York and moved back home to Memphis. And one of the reasons, Tennessee, uh, we have no state income tax. So I, I was able to knock off two income taxes uh, by simply moving to another state. So, Aaron, I appreciate you calling in, and thanks for listening. And we love everybody, independents, conservatives, liberals. We got Jerry the liberal. We need we need a few more liberals in the mix. Uh, let's uh, you know what we're going to take a break. Uh, we're watching the White House press briefing. Looks like KJP just popped up to the podium. Uh, we've got Kim in Georgia on the line eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. This is the Todd Starden Show. All right, folks, there's some big news. The 2024 election could be America's last one. That's the shocking conclusion of best-selling author David Horowitz. As a brand-new book out, David does, a good, good friend of this program. It's called The Final Battle, and David's revealing a secret war underway in America. Democrats, the woke culture, a new generation destroying our culture and ending our freedoms. Horowitz says the plan is taking place in our schools, churches, and military. you got to watch David tonight on the Chris Salcedo Show as he reveals the real threat of Biden, Obama, big media. He names names. you got to watch it on Newsmax. I watch Newsmax every day. Great to be a part of Chris's show. And David is going to do a great job tonight. And by the way, make sure you get a copy of The Final Ballot. You can get a free copy. Save yourself 28 bucks. How do you do that? Simple. Go to finalbattle611.com. That's finalbattle611.com and get your free copy today and watch Newsmax. All right, KJP, there she, there she is uh, behind the podium. Let's uh, let's go to the White House press briefing room, and here's what's happening. 
The president is looking forward to do is talking about issues that matter to the American people, as I just stated, but also uh, to, to, to continue to develop and grow uh, their relationship, their working relationship to, together. I don't have, uh, again, I don't have a, a specific date uh, to announce from here. For clarity's sake, if when a meeting happens with the speaker, if the speaker brings up the debt limit, would the president reiterate the position that you guys have been firm on? Well, I, I'll say this. Look, it's a range of issues, and I just said the president has been very clear about where we stand uh, on uh, the position of default. Ve really very clear. I've said it. The president has said it. Uh, it, is, uh, it is something that has been repeated when you think about dealing with the debt limit, when you think about what, the, what Congress has been uh, able to do the last three times with the last uh, administration. And it's, it's it's a responsibility that they have. It is a basic responsibility that Congress has to deal with the debt ceiling. And so we have been clear on this. The president has been clear on this. It should not be used as a political uh, weapon, political. We should not be. All right, let me jump back hostage. in here. We're still going to monitor uh, here. But uh, right now, the debt ceiling and the debate is underway. Look, it's not a political issue. It's a moral issue. We cannot spend money we do not have, period. So anyway, uh, let's go to the uh, Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from Washington, D.C. Ryan Helfenbein joins us. He is with Liberty University and the Standing for Freedom Center. Ryan, what's going on where you are now? Well, Todd, we are right here in D.C., just across town from the White House, actually in the Washington Mall, not too far away. And we have over 500 uh, Liberty students who are marching at the front of the March for Life. First ever an honor given to Liberty University in the 50 years of this march since it was organized right, all the way back to 1974. Uh, and so we're just so honored, thrilled, uh, and proud of these students. That is exciting to hear. And you got to send us some photos there, Ryan. Uh, that's got to be quite a view. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can hear the shouts, they're saying we are the pro-life generation uh and uh there there's a lot of activity here today i'll tell you that but we will send you photos and uh, even video from the front of this line it's absolutely incredible over fifty thousand have showed up today todd wow that's that's terrific and of course this is um, the first time you guys have been out there for a while because of the covid and the china virus so how exciting that so many pro-lifers are out there today Yes, it, it's truly amazing. It, it demonstrates something, and that is this. This is the first year after Roe v. Wade was overturned, and guess what? We're just getting started. The pro-life movement is not losing steam. It is only just the beginning. Uh, the enthusiasm hasn't dwindled. Uh, the crowds haven't dwindled. People are serious now more than ever about making sure that abortion is unthinkable in this country. Ryan Helfenbein from Liberty University. There are 500 Liberty University students. Uh, Ryan, I just want to hear the uh, chanting. Can you hold your phone up? Yep. Here we go. When I say L, you say U, L, U, L, U. Oh, that's when great. I say pro, you say live. That's what they're chanting right uh, now. I love it. I, that's that's terrific. This is very exciting. I know the mainstream media won't be covering this, but this is a huge thing, and we're so proud of you guys at Liberty University. Well, thank you for your support, Todd, and, and for shedding light on this. We certainly appreciate all the support you're giving to Liberty University. We appreciate you. Uh, all right, Ryan, we're going to let you get back to it. By the way, have you seen Tony Dungy out there? Any uh, Any celebrities in the crowd? 
Joni Dungy, Franklin Graham, and many, many more. It, it's been an incredible day, one for the history book. I, I love it. All right, Ryan, we're going to let you get back to it, uh, and we appreciate the great work you're doing. Be safe out there. Thank you, Todd. All right, there you go. Well, you you know it's um, the left. They they don't do the the chants very well. But uh, it sounds like Liberty University students they've got it down to a to a science an art form. Uh, they again five hundred Liberty University students there. About fifty thousand people is what Ryan uh, guesstimated. And uh, of course, if you're a Baptist deacon, that's two hundred thousand. So you just take the uh, number and multiply. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do not call. Do not call. Uh, don't bother telling. <laughs> We're just having a little bit of fun here. All right. Uh, here's the deal. Coming up in the next hour, hang tight if you're on the phones. Open line Friday. So whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to ask me, uh, you can call in in the next hour. We've got Connor in Boston. We've got Kim in Georgia. So y'all don't go anywhere. We're monitoring the White House press briefing. Looks like KJP's eyes just bugged out. So somebody clearly asked a question that was um, inappropriate, at least in her estimation. And then we're going to be talking with Governor Scott Walker, president of Young America's Foundation. Uh, He's going to be weighing in on the March for Life. By the way, CPAC coming up, and uh, we are excited to announce that we will be broadcasting our program from CPAC. And uh, that's going to be in Washington, D.C. this year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're also going to be broadcasting our show live from the NRB National Religious Broadcasters coming up. Now, before we go to break, uh, I want you guys to listen up here. We are taking a group of 100 people to the Holy Land. That trip is happening at the end of the year, November 2023. It is a first-class, once-in-a-lifetime journey that will include Holy Land visits and meetings with Israeli government officials in the Knesset. It's going to be a wonderful trip, and you're going to want to be a part of this. Family-friendly, and if you'd like information, go to our website, toddstarns.com. That's toddstarns.com, and you will see the link at the top of the page, all of the information is there. People are asking, do I need a COVID shot? No, you do not. You do not. So it's going to be a wonderful trip. You say, Todd, do I have to pay the whole thing up front? No, we have a wonderful installment plan. The company we work with, they're good, wonderful people, and they're going to make sure that you have a first-class experience in Israel. So again, if you'd like information, go to toddstarns.com, or you can call us, and Dylan will get your name and information, and we will uh, we will send you all the info. That number, 844-747-8868. Again, that's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back, folks. Hour three of The Big Show coming up next. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program on this Friday edition of the show. It is Open Line Friday. You say, what does that mean? Well, it means you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, even if it's not on the agenda. 
And you say, well, why would you do that? Because that's how we operate. Uh, we've got a lot going on here. I want to give out our telephone number first, 844-747-8868. That is a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I am curious uh, to hear from ladies this hour um, and specifically about how you are protecting yourself from the thugs. This is becoming a big deal, uh, especially in Memphis. Over the past two weeks now, at least four women have been targets of attempted kidnappings. And the the police aren't coming out and, and talking about this. Uh, we actually have created a message board where people are, are sharing this intel, this information. But so far, at least four women that we know of were out for a jog. They were out walking. Um, in one case, uh, she was uh, shopping, and a woman was putting uh, packages in her car, and all of a sudden, she was attacked, and they were literally trying to drag these women into cars, and they were fortunately able to get away. But I'm curious, uh, ladies, what you are doing. Are you taking any kind of protective measures? Are you going out there and getting a gun permit? Are you? Do you walk around with bear spray? What is baseball bat? golf club, a Big Bertha, what do you do uh, to protect yourself from the thugs? 844-747-8868, that is our telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This story from Michigan, Jackson County, Michigan. Kesha Hamilton is a school board member there, and she does not like all of you white people. Miss Hamilton, who is black, posted a series of messages on social media. And she says that all of you uh, white women especially are the stupidest. She also says that white people are more dangerous to be around than animals. And she likened it to walking down a trail and encountering an animal. She says you are in more danger if that animal is a, a white person. I'll read exactly what she wrote, just in case you doubt me. Do not doubt me, ladies and gentlemen. Trust but verify. The last, the last you have to worry about is an animal, though it could be a very real threat, and more dangerous are any whites you may see on the trail. Be safe. She goes on to talk about whiteness, And she says, whiteness is white racialized identity. It refers to the way that white people, their customs, culture, and beliefs operate as the standard by which all other groups are compared. This woman, ladies and gentlemen, is full of crapola. The school district there in Michigan is actually defending this insane racist woman. And they say that there is a legitimate issue that should be discussed, the issue of whiteness. Many parents, of course, are livid. One of them went to the school board meeting and said her racist comment should not be condoned. They called the school board member angry and bitter. How can all kids feel safe when physical characteristics over which they have no control are being called evil and dangerous? Seems to me that what this woman is really saying, this school board member is really saying, is that God is evil, and God made mistakes when God made white people. Another speaker, and this is according to Fox News, 
Another speaker, Jackie Leslie, said, You are not addressing the disparities. You are adding to them with your hurtful remarks. Your words are not unifying the community. Your words are dividing the community. And that's when the school's diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist spoke up and said, really, they're just talking about systemic racism and not white people. Oh, I see. So when Ms. Hamilton was talking about white women being stupid, uh, she was really talking about systemic racism. Do Do we all understand this? So this is what happens when you judge people by the color of their skin and not the content of their character in Jackson County, Michigan. Let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. Kim in Georgia, WDUN, our great affiliate there. Hi, Kim, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Hey, I'm sorry I'm not a lady right now, but I do share something in common with your grandfather. We both have a girl's name, so <laughs> anyway. Um, listen, I took issue on um, something you said in your audience about accountability individually. It really got my attention. And I just wanted to make a comment and then end with a real quickly and end with a question to you. I think that we hear all the problematic issues concerning our country through regarding dual standards, laws, requirements, the DOJ, DOJ, the political parties, religion, and politics. The biggest problem in our country resides, I think, in we the people because we don't act. We react for the solutions to our problems. I think a tyrant cannot exist because unless tyrancy lives in the hearts of the people who are ignorant and lack of responsibility and courage to remove those in public office at the voting polls. Why or how should God help us when we fail to enact what he already told us? What God is what good is prayer if we don't follow his precepts and substance So what say you, Todd? Well, look, I mean, you know, we have a responsibility to follow, to have some sort of a moral code, and our founding fathers, our forefathers, decided that was going to be Christianity. And that's why they came to this country, to escape the religious persecution, and they set up a form of government where God was, was a central part of that. And so here we are, 200 plus years later, and we are as far away from the teachings of our founding fathers as I think we have ever been in American history. And until we get back to the basics, and the basics, I mean a mom and a dad in the house, a marriage that, you know, and people are all up, always, they're always complaining about, you know, gay marriage. That's not the issue. The issue is heterosexual marriage. I mean, look at how many families, you know, these marriages end in divorce. How many single-parent homes are out there? That's not the way it was intended to be. Now, I'm not saying that that there are some pretty horrible marriages that ought to end in divorce, but by and large, these are divorces out of convenience. So, Kim, I think, you know, when you, when you look at, at where we are as a nation, the division of the family, the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of the church, those two issues are the reason why this country is in the shape it's in right now. I totally agree with that, 110%. But what I was trying to advocate is we're just sitting here not doing anything. The Christian, those who are proclaimed Christians by some standard, 
you know, and the morality that you share, I certainly do. It's definitely a breakdown in family. What are we doing? We've got to get these politicians on both sides of the aisle out of office so we can accomplish from a political standpoint what you're talking about and through our education. Look at our education. Look what you've been talking about and the tolerance that we seem to be having. It's, it's only a few people and in, in, in compared to the many that we're hearing the voice like yourself that is doing something about it, Todd. And I believe that we suffer because in our hearts we do nothing about it. Therefore, that's uh, uh, call it a protocol or whatever to supporting these tires. We have got to stop these people in whether it be Michigan, Philadelphia. You know, I was really, really glad to hear what Oklahoma's doing about. Uh, the young, precious children in our country, at least in their state, about having uh, transgender operations and things. I'm not against anybody, but I am totally against that. And like they said, your mind is not really formed until you're 21 or 24 years old. And I really believe that was a great stance. I would love to see so much more of it. But I want to tell you, not just with Liberty University, but the Christian people of which I have a membership in, I really believe we need to stand up and say, enough is enough. We're not going to tolerate no more of it. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, you don't follow these. And I know these rules, and I know they're our rules. All right. Well, let me jump in here. Let me jump in here, uh, Kim, because we're going to have to take a break. Um, I I get what you're saying. The challenge here is we can't legislate that. And if we do, we go we go off the rails. This is something that has to be that has to be addressed in the family and in the church house. And once we do that, I believe we are going to be able to facilitate that change that has to happen, not just in Washington, but also in our state capitals. But it's going to, it's a process. And you're right. But, you know, we do have to change and we do have to get back to the basics of the country. But I don't think you can legislate that. That's a matter of the, of the heart. Uh, Kim, appreciate the call. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. The reason I was asking about all you ladies out there and what you do to protect yourself, whether it's with a gun or a a two by four, a cast iron skillet, a lady was going to Kroger. And um, she was just going about her business the other day. And some thug walked up behind this lady, tried to snatch her purse, and attacked this poor woman. She landed on the ground, and uh, he knocked her in the back of the head, split split her head open. And fortunately, a lot of good Samaritans in that Kroger the employees uh, came, and there was an off-duty medic who was in the uh, grocery store, came over and administered first aid, and uh, the the thug was able to get away. 
I know another Kroger store in a very affluent part of um, Memphis, by the way. Um, the the shoppers there are actually escorted to their cars now by by the Kroger employees, and this is an affluent part of the Memphis area. That that's how bad the crime is here. You look at what's happening in Los Angeles right now in San Francisco. It's just it's offensive what's happening. Just offensive. All right, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Jim in Salem, Oregon, KYKN, our great radio station there. Hi, Jim. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Uh, first of all, thanks for everything you do. I It's it's really refreshing to have somebody be so candid about their faith and um, speaking to the issues we're dealing with. Uh, I, I'm a retired pastor. And I was thinking, it's Friday, we're getting the usual data dump of scandal stuff all over the news. The weekend will be filled with all sorts of emotions. And I just want to encourage your listeners, and it certainly encouraged me to remember this. I don't think we're called to solve everything, and everything seems to come to us in information. So I was thinking about a quote from Daniel Webster. He said, the greatest thought I ever had was that of my own personal responsibility toward God. And boy, I took that to heart in, in my life and in my ministry, and I thought, what, what can one person do? Well, you can resist. Now, does that mean it's always activism and some big public demonstration? It could be that, maybe not. But you can resist at a school board meeting locally. You can resist at your local church if your church is going off. You can resist in a denomination if you're a pastor. You can broadcast with the, the audience that you've been gifted with. But at any rate, the, here's the verse. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I'm not saying everything is devilish, but what you just described, what a horrific thing for, to have a lady go to a Kroger store and have that happen. So resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It just means literally take your stance against. You don't do anything aggressive. You, you take your stance against it yourself. And so... I hope that's encouraging, and I hope you're encouraged. I, yes, sir. I, know it's I, gotta be. I am encouraged. Uh, I, I was not familiar with that Daniel Webster quote. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when you think back to our founding fathers, so much and so much encouragement and truth coming from, you know, their minds as they were really building this country from, from scratch. Absolutely. And and uh, the, the personal things that were lost and sacrificed by the founding fathers – I, I don't think people really take time to realize that, that they put everything on the line, including their lives. And so I just want to get my old bones up every day and say, you know, as much as it depends on me, I'm going to be at peace with people. I'm but with, not everything depends on me. Now I'm with you. I'm with you, Pastor, and and I hope we do that on the on the show. You know, a lot of people just feel like they're on islands, and that they feel like they're the only people that feel a certain way, and. And I think this program is is really encouraging people to know, yes, there are other people that feel the same way, people that love America, they know there's something wrong, and that and, and ultimately this is a spiritual battle we are facing in this nation. Absolutely. Can I tell you one more quick thing? Yeah, we got about forty five seconds. During the riots in Portland, um in in Salem, all over Oregon, during the pandemic, Antifa was going to come to a Bible college I used to teach out in Eugene because there was a cross there, and they wanted to tear the cross down. I don't know what I thought I was going to do, but I went down there and just uh, got there early and just started walking around the perimeter. But 300 other people showed up that night, 
they all met and prayed and worshiped the Lord in this amphitheater where the cross was. Guess what happened? The Antifa people never showed up. The FBI stopped two busloads full of them on the interstate. So prayer helps, and it matters. And so I didn't want to call and preach on the weekend, but I really admire what you're doing, and thank you. Well, thank you, Pastor. I want you to give us a call back. Uh, that that was a great encouraging word and, and really an inspirational message as well. I remember that story about Eugene, Oregon. I remember that, and uh, wow. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. You too. Have right. a great weekend. You do as well. Wow. What a, what a good man. What a good man and a great thought. And there is power in prayer. And I would hope you would pray for my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we're about to go through some difficult times, and uh, we're going to be having to deal with some with some truths that are out there, uh, some facts that are out there, and and they need to be dealt with. You know, on this program, we um, we believe in doing the right thing and and saying what needs to be said. We um, and, and we're going to be going through some difficult days. In, in Memphis. And so we could certainly use your prayers as we do that. All right. Lines are open. It is open line Friday. We've got Connor in Boston, Doug in Illinois. We're expecting our good friend, Governor Scott Walker, to drop by. Uh, 844-747-8868. The lines are open. That's 844-747-8868. A reminder, head over to the website. We would love for you to join us on our journey to Israel. It's going to be a wonderful seven-day trip at the end of the year. And if you'd like information, go to the website, toddstarns.com, or give us a call, 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Wow, that is a huge crowd out there at the March for Life. Our understanding, now, Ryan Helfenbein over at Liberty uh, said there are about 50,000 people, but I think Ryan was a liberal arts major. He may not be good at math because that looks like a heck of a lot more than 50,000 people. Uh, So we'll keep you updated on numbers and totals and all that kind of good stuff uh, as we go through the remainder of the show. I do want to get to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, though. Good friend of this program, great American patriot, former governor of Wisconsin, now the president of Young America's Foundation, Governor Scott Walker. Hey, Gov, how's it going? Hey, Don, I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Now, this is now I understand that a good many of the students uh, that are marching today happen to be members of Young America's Foundation. Yeah, YAF, YAF's got a good good chunk of folks out from campuses all across the country. Um, particularly, I actually just retweeted one from the, the YAF chapter at uh, Catholic University. He's got a great group there as well. And, proud of all them and i also happen to be uh, and along with that on the board of students for life america pleased that they're out in force today as well so a great showing of young americans and that's particularly important because it was just a few years ago that uh, the number of 18 to 29 year olds identified as uh, themselves as pro-life was slightly above those that called themselves quote-unquote pro-choice sadly that's changed in the last year or two and I think that's a reflection of just how radical our campuses have become. And all the more reason why we've got to be working in the trenches to 
turn that around not only on the life issue, but on so many other freedom-based issues. Yeah, there was a survey we were talking about earlier in the week, Governor. 16, only 16% of Gen Zers say they are proud of America, proud to live in, in America. What what are you guys doing there at, at YAF to change that? Well, it's a combination of things. I said we've got to get to more students at younger ages and be even better in getting our message out. That's a combination of things. And the more, uh, we're, uh, we're actually uh, putting in a massive increase in the number of students, program officers that we're working with on campuses across the country. Pre-pandemic, we were helping students on about 2,000 campuses. Uh, we want short order to be active on all 4,100, so over 4,000 campuses across the country. But it's not just on college campuses. As you mentioned those numbers. It's high school program we've had for years since we took over the Reagan Ranch back in the late 1990s, but now this past year we just started a middle school program. We're only going to have that at the Reagan Ranch, but at multiple sites around the country to really start getting that young people sooner, and then finally do a be- even better job. I'm pleased that uh, we surpassed this past month you know, 50 million uh, views uh, on our various uh, social media sites. Probably the most exciting is we're, we're close within the next week or so to breaking 1 million subscribers on YouTube. We know that's the number one way that Gen Z gets their information. And so we're putting our content from conferences at ones like you've spoke at, Todd, and other great uh, speakers have, but also our lecture series out. And uh, that's the way we're going to break through what they're hearing not only in school, but sadly on uh, many social media platforms. And and that's really so important, Governor, and we've talked about this before, that, that students really when they when they join YAF, they're gonna have a lot of fun. They're gonna kids are gonna be kids, they're gonna have a great time, they're they're gonna party, whatever, but they're also getting rock solid foundational information about what it means to be a conservative uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur uh, what it means to be a person who supports uh, you know ideas like religious liberty and, and and the second amendment well and a wide spectrum of folks obviously you've been at our programs in multiple locations we get people like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh but we also uh, get political names like Ted Cruz or Mike Lee but also some names that have been talked about quite a bit lately, Chip Roy, Byron Donald, Jim Dord, uh, so many great leaders like that at conferences all across the country, whether it's in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital, or whether it's out on the West Coast at the Reagan Ranch, or now at the Reagan Boyd home in the middle of the country, plus regional conferences like one coming up in a few weeks in Dallas. We're going to be engaged uh, everywhere we can to make sure we're making inroads to fundamentally get young people to appreciate all the great freedoms and opportunities that are really truly unique to this great country, the United States of America. Is this? I'm just curious. Is this a a daunting task for you? I mean, this is this is quite the legacy, you know, from William F. Buckley Jr. Um, Ronald Reagan was so involved in, in Young America's Foundation, uh, and, and now you carrying that mantle and really raising up that next generation of conservative thinkers. Well, it is daunting, but, you know, it, I figured this was not a coincidence. This was God's providence uh, for uh, them to recruit me to, to come into this position because what we find on college campuses, on high schools, even in middle school, even in the parents of elementary school uh, students, uh, what we find is the left is trying to intimidate. We see it today with Tony Dungy. You know, how dare he go to the March for Life? Uh, there's, you know, calls for him to be kicked out of, 
uh, NBC or uh, coverage of the NFL on Sunday nights and so forth. The left tries to intimidate. They obviously tried to intimidate me with a hundred thousand protesters in and around our state capitol years ago. Uh, the scale may be different, but it feels just the same to these young people, and that's why we've got to let them know more than anything else that they're not alone. That there are plenty of people their age and their generation who feel the same way. Uh, but the left on media, social media, news, higher education is overwhelmingly at odds with that position, and we've got to counter them. So, for example, one of the things we're doing on college campuses is we'd like to put another uh, 30 bodies out there of people who will just go out and help us organize on the campuses uh, to get that message out and to, to let them know how to organize, how to bring in a speaker, how to be hold activism, how to counter the administration, how to do all these things, these roadblocks they put up on the street, right of center speakers and voices from being heard on campus. Governor, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. A little phone, phones uh, kind of uh, in and out, uh, but we really appreciate the great work you are doing. Yaf.org, Yaf.org, for you to get your kids involved, grandkids involved, but but really the the responsibility of us grownups is to support Yaf. And uh, Governor, they can do that by by supporting you guys financially. That's exactly right. Yaf.org. Get your son or daughter, grandson, granddaughter, niece, nephew, neighbor, kid, kid from church, whomever. And if along the way you can send a financial uh, donation, either online or or through the mail, that helps us put more kids through these programs. And and I will say this, uh, personally speaking, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the only conservative, youth-focused organization that I support. And and there's a reason for that, because they are doing rock-solid work. And so, Governor, we really appreciate you uh, carrying the mantle, and uh, we look forward to adding more uh, supporters to the great cause. Thanks, Todd. Keep fighting for freedom. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, there you go, folks. Governor Scott Walker, from, uh, president of Young America's Foundation. All right. Uh, 844-747-8868 is our telephone number. Open line Friday. I want to go right now to um, Tom in Georgia wants to weigh in on a situation developing in the Atlanta area. And uh, this involves a uh, a confrontation between Atlanta police and an Antifa member. Antifa guy got shot. I believe the police officer was wounded as well. Tom in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, what's going on here, Tom? Because we understand Antifa's on the warpath. Well, the uh, the big media down here, the establishment media, is is like playing in, in the middle. Like these people have a, a right to say, well, th- this is parkland that they're trying to, you know, they're trying to build a... Uh, a police training center because, you know, the police aren't properly trained, they keep saying. So now they're trying to build one in an old uh, building. I think maybe it's an old jail or something. And uh, they want to convert it. And the Antifa people are uh, are going crazy. And, and so uh, there was a confrontation. Somebody got shot. And now Antifa is calling for a, a nationwide night of rage, I think, tonight. But I'm not really sure. But I thought maybe you could uh, get some more information about that because we're not really getting the unbiased story we're getting this oh these are you know these are not terrorists they're just so but if i can oh dear i think we lost tom there uh bad phone connection uh my apologies tom but to your point yeah antifa is calling for a night of rage just be careful out there folks um these antifa people are thugs that's all they're just thugs uh let's go to connor in boston connor what's on your mind Todd, first of all, Happy New Year. And I'll tell you right now, I think 
What's been going on with this national debt? It's just unbelievably crazy. I think really, like, if we have leaders out there who are not going to hold the line, who are not going to ask the questions about why our debt's in this place in the first place, who was responsible for the spending and not pass it, um, it's not a debt ceiling anymore. It's really just an extension of a line of credit is what it is because nobody is ever going to hold the line to it. So we need to hold our leaders accountable for that and really make a difference, um, hopefully, in this new Congress. Connor, is it's shocking. Uh, if you or I were to be spending money like that, the bank would ha- would throw us out on our uh, hindquarters. Uh, but the federal government and and the re- Republicans are just as guilty as Democrats. They keep raising yep. this debt ceiling. You heard Mitch McConnell; he's confident the debt ceiling is going to be raised. If Kevin McCarthy doesn't, Connor, um, the guy's going to have to go. I, you know, that's a he made a promise. He's got to deliver on that promise. Absolutely. And one thing I think they ought to really do is put a calculator or an Excel spreadsheet in front of Biden and Leader Mc- um, Speaker McCarthy and just see if they actually know how to use it. Because quite frankly, I don't think they do. <laughs> That's... <laughs> You know what? That'd be a great photo op. Oh, it would be. Biden was like a spreadsheet. Okay, where are they? He'd be looking for the Giza dream sheets, spreading them out. Exactly. For his nap. By the way, yes, promo code Starns, by the way, if you're at MyPillow.com slash Starns. All right, Connor, good hearing from you, sir. You take care. Great thought. Let's go to Doug in Illinois on this open line Friday. Hey, Doug, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, one of the earlier callers uh, was talking about this transgender garbage as far as i'm concerned but uh i had a thought if i'm not mistaken the district attorney in tennessee is trying to change the juvenile crime rate to 26 am i right with that that would actually 25 and that's here in 25. here in memphis tennessee the guy's name is steve mulroy and most of his campaign dollars came from out of the city he had, he had some big Hollywood music type supporting him. So this guy is a leftist clone of of uh, George Soros. Yeah, I wonder what his opinion would be about raising the age for transgender surgeries or mutilations to 25. Well, <laughs> He'd probably choke on that one. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that, Doug. I think you're yeah. right about that. Hey, can I make a quick comment about Grace? Yes, you may. I mean, Dylan's doing a phenomenal job. Love it, Dylan. I do miss Grace, but I live in northwestern Illinois. If Grace is listening, I'm going to be firing up the smoker tomorrow. I got uh, some chicken quarters and a whole bunch of baby back ribs I'll be gr- or smoking on the smoker tomorrow. Wow, you have so. me a baby back ribs, dog. <laughs> all right, we oh, will pass I al- that thing all year round. <laughs> we'll pass along the message. We got a nice letter from one of our listeners in Georgia, Doug, and said, "You know what? We love the show, but it, but but Grace Baker made the show pop." And uh, they said, "Here's what you need to do: you either need to give her more money to come back to to Memphis, or find her husband a better job in Tennessee." So we're working on it. We're working on it. There you go. All right. God bless. Have a great week. Doug, God bless you. Thanks for the call and uh, enjoy that barbecue. That uh, that's going to be pretty good. All right. 844-747-8868. That is our toll free telephone number. Where's Dylan? Dylan, Dylan, turn your microphone, close the door and turn the microphone on. We um, have an important story to share with you. Now, Dylan, you're you're a member of the Stearns family. That's correct. So I've known you since you were born. Yes. And one of the things I know is that you love ketchup. Man, 
that could be my brand. I mean, Ketchup, if you're listening, and we know you are, please sponsor me. Ketchup. Do you, are you are the Heinz guy or the Hunts Heinz, guy? Heinz, you, is, Heinz is all the way. It's got to be Heinz. Yeah. I'll never forget, we were at Cheddar's, and you had the chicken tenders, <laughs> and you, you had your own bottle of ketchup that you brought. Yeah, and I've actually gotten a uh, bottle of ketchup for my birthday. So Is that right? So you really love ketchup. Oh, yes. So I thought about you when I saw this story from CNN, the most profane name in news. Crying Negro Network. Thanks, Judge Joe Brown. Dylan, a man who spent 24 days adrift in the Caribbean Sea, says he survived by eating little more than ketchup. Elvis Francois, his name is Elvis, was found um, about 120 miles northwest of Columbia's Puerto Bolivar after a plane saw the word help engraved on the hull of his sailboat. Quote, I had no food. It was just a bottle of ketchup that was on that boat, garlic powder, and stock cubes. So I mixed it up with some water, and that's how I survived. Wow. And I got to thinking, you have survived at least 23 years pretty much sustained on ketchup yeah um a lot of people tell me uh i could use some food with my ketchup whenever i'm out to eat so <laughs> i I, uh, I salute this guy you know he, he survived on you know what i could probably survive on for the rest of my life a great american patriot yep and he's not american ah uh, it's okay <laughs> it's all right ketchup is you know global <laughs> yes. it is global we don't discriminate Got to take a break here. Uh, thank you, Dylan. 844-747-8868. I've never seen somebody eat so much, literally a bottle of ketchup in a sitting. 844-747-8868. Well, it is a vegetable. It, well, no, the tomato's a fruit, so it could go either way. All right, we'll be right back. I was debating whether or not to weigh in on this Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder dust-up. They're having a big cat fight over there at Daily Wire HQ. And uh, the story, in a nutshell, is that Stephen Crowder left the blaze, reached out to the Daily Wire, and the Daily Wire said, you know what, hey, here's the deal, we want to pay you. $50 $50 million, $50 million, plus a $25 million bonus. So we're talking about a four-year, $75 million contract. Dylan, you could buy your own ketchup brand for that sort of money. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. But Stephen Crowder, um, there was a clause in there, and basically that clause said, but... If you if your ads get banned from if you get banned from social media or wherever from your platform, then we're going to take a chunk of that out of your pay. In other words, if if your show loses money, you lose money. And Stephen Crowder, of course, said no and went public with it. And it's a big back and forth. It's an ugly, ugly divorce. What we're looking at here. And the latest, apparently, Stephen Crowder had been secretly secretly recording Jeremy Boring, who is the uh, head honcho over at Daily Wire. And in that secret recording, uh, Boring referred to the phrase um, slave wages. $50 million? I'd be willing to be a slave wage for $50 million. (laughs) 
So anyway, now Ben Shapiro's getting it at their name calling. It's just ugly, ugly. And the reality is that there are some people in the conservative movement that actually betrayed conservatives. And they are actually colluding with big tech so that their brand is not silenced while other conservative brands are. And I think you have to take a long, hard look at that, and you can kind of figure out who's been colluding with big tech and who hasn't. You know what? We'll weigh in on this on Monday. In the meantime, you get out there. I want to thank our great team here, Kyle and Dylan Grace. You folks get out. Have a great Friday. And whatever you do, be sure to go to church this weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.